Henry Darby works the night shift at Walmart. Stocking, shifting, organizing shelves, and when his shift ends, he keeps working. Not at Walmart, but at his other job. The job that made him a national hero and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars to support his students and their families. You see, Henry Darby, or Darby as everyone calls him, is the principal of North Charleston High School. Just Darby. Just Darby. That's it, ma'am. <laughs> just, just Darby. Just everybody calls me Darby. Everyone calls, everyone Darby. calls me Darby. Right. Yes, ma'am. Asking Mr. Darby a simple question, Henry Darby, where did you grow up? Opens up the opportunity for a history lesson. I grew up in the community called Liberty Hill in North Charleston High School, right off of East Montague Avenue. Well, Liberty Hill was founded May 10th of 1871 um, by four freedmen from Georgetown. They actually put something together we called a co-op, that they put their funds and resources together to purchase these 112 acres and subsequently began selling out to those folks who would really come to live on Liberty Hill. So we have a long and varied past, self-sufficient. Corcoran Liberty Hill during my time grew up as family. And a lot of people don't know that history. They live right. right here in this community, and yes, it's not something that's recognized and certainly not celebrated. Right. We have a number of prominent persons. I mean, you have Mr. Samuel Hart, City Council. You had uh, Seth Whipper, who was, uh, I mean, state representative and a judge. His mother, Ms. Lucille Whipper, state representative, uh, Cheryl Whipper, lawyer. And it goes on and on and on. Don't forget Chief. Oh, Burgess um, is right there as well. Oh, that's Liberty Hill, uh, the historic uh, Bones Wilson High School, um, the community center. It was just a, and still is to a, a certain degree, a great community. But um, in terms of its past, a marvelous place to live, man. In spite of the poverty that was there, uh, it was a, still a beautiful community. Describe Liberty Hill when you were growing up. Who did you play with and who were the people around you? Oh my goodness. Um, well, Liberty Hill, again, it was a segregated community in terms of customs and law because as a little boy, we could not go beyond Mixon Avenue and beyond that, we couldn't go beyond the railroad tracks because of that time. But I played along with guys like um, Duke Dingle, John Green, um, the guy who played football at um, Art Shell. Um, I grew up under him, and of course, you had, you had Reverend Dr. Benjamin Whipper, another prominent minister by the name of Boy Gilliard. Um, we have an outstanding Vietnam veteran by the name of Odell Price. I mean, in terms of his accomplishment as an 18-year-old kid in Vietnam, in terms of his squad leadership. I, I, and there's a little book on Liberty Hill, it's called uh, Liberty Hill Vietnam Fighting Men, and perhaps I'll get, get a copy to you. And um, in the introduction, it lists all the greatness of those individuals who contributed to the Liberty Hill community culture. Mr. Darby, were you a studious child? Certainly your passion for history is clear. Were you always this way? Uh, no, ma'am. Um, au contraire. Uh, to the point that um, I could actually call words and I could do what was before me, but in the final analysis, I did not really know how to read. My mother um, wanted me to become a teacher. And of course, we um, applied at USC, Presbyterian, uh, Furman, USC, Baptist Colleges, now Charleston Southern University. Um, and those schools turned me down. 
But not only that, ma'am, State turned me down, Allen, Benedict, um, Claflin. The only school that accepted me here in, in South Carolina was Morris College. And Morris College gave me an opportunity. And um, not that I hold anything against those colleges because those were the requirements that they had. But Morris College in 1971 had an open door policy. Irrespective of what you made on SAT, we'll give you the opportunity. And the greatness of Morris College is taught me how to read, taught me how to write, to a certain degree, taught me how to speak, and uh, that's a, a success story within itself. Not attributed to me, but for those teachers that I had, those mentors that I had at Morris College. That's why I'm in education today, because of Morris College. Did you know prior to going to college that you wanted to go into education? I know you said that your mother was encouraging you. <clears throat> Um, but when I left uh, Morris College, and of course my mother had passed and I was so disappointed, I went into another area. I went to work for DuPont in Goose Creek, making lots of money. I mean, as a kid, a young kid, you know, in 1980, making $19,000 and to the point of making $26,000, I wanted to stay in manufacturing and production. But Mr. Licario Gilliar from Burke High School <laughs> found out that I had a degree. And on the... Uh, Two occasions, I, I simply said, no, sir, I'm not interested. And then the third time, I thought about what my aunt told me, you know, it's your mother's dream for you to become a teacher. And also, Mr. Gilliard put that black history on me saying, you know, federal dollars, what he did, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., they gave back. Booker T. Washington, and we need you here. And I said, sir, I'm to the point, I'm, I'm making up to $26,000 a year as a supervisor. How much am I going to make? $10,000? Mr. Gayard, but I accepted the job, <laughs> and I don't regret it. I don't regret a minute of it um, because of you know my involvement in education, helping young people. You often share this story, um, still talking about your your formative years of your your mother or your grandmother sewing a shirt yes, for you. Yes, Tell us that story. Um, we didn't always have, and on the end, uh, at the end of Virginia Avenue up here, there was an old dump that companies and folk with the store, they trash. And this, again, during the age of segregation. And my mother took the opportunity of walking through this white community because she heard about all this junk that white people were throwing away. Um, and one day she, she I was uh, toying behind her, and she saw this piece of cloth. And evidently she had a clear voice knowing that I can do something with this piece of cloth. And she was getting some other stuff. She said, boy, get that cloth. I said, mama, he's thinking. Get the cloth, boy. Mama, he gooey. Get the cloth, boy. Mama. And my mother, put her hand on all that filth and that gunk and pulled this piece of cloth out of all this trash and took it home. And in the back we had this big black kettle. She washed it, boiled it, and this woman makes a shirt for me for years to come, trying to save dollars that I would go to college. And that shirt is a constant reminder of whence I've come. And of course, um, I used to have it you know, here in my office here. And I had a number of awards. I had the shirt in the middle of all the awards. And kids would have a, 
difficult time in school with adjustment problems and I've experienced some things that they have experienced, sit down here. What do you think is the greatest award on this wall here? And they will say every award except for that shirt. And I tell them where the shirt came from. And now they look at me in a different way to say, oh, you came from that to this, you can too. What sparked your interest in an elected position? Well, Ms. Murray, with all veracity, um, I had no interest whatsoever, none. And um, Representative Seth Whipper and others, they stated that uh, single member district is coming and we want you to run. I said, no, not interested. I want to stay at Burke High School to boil my time. He calls again. No, so I'm not interested. Get Coakley Hilton. He's in the community. He's returned home. He knows how to get along with people. Then I went to Burke, and I was teaching African-American history, uh, you know, with TP and all those folk. And I've always told my children that uh, when opportunity comes about, you take advantage. I end up stating in class, hey, guys, I was asked, asked to run for county council, but I told them no. And there's a kid in the background, I, I just nicknamed him uh, Captain Kirk, because he had a way, you know, with ladies. <laughs> Everybody, all the students, Mr. Darby, you are a hypocrite. I said, boy, what did you say? Mr. Darby, you're a hypocrite. I said, why would you call me a hypocrite? You taught us whenever advantages and opportunities come, you need to take. You're not taking opportunity, Mr. Darby. And I said, oh my gosh. I called Representative Rupert and said, sir, I'm going to run. And that's how that came into existence. But my students put on a clinic, licked those stamps, raised money, took mom and dad to the polls, their grandmamas and whatnot, aunts and uncles. And um, it's one of the major reasons why I'm a county council today, because of that senior class of 2004, those kids got me elected, ma'am. That's why I'm on county council today. How did the idea of working part-time at Walmart come about? But when students would come to me, along with parents coming to the school, wanting assistance, I just can say no as a principal because I want to make North Charleston High School a community school. So coming out of the park was quite taxing. And I don't ask people for money. I didn't want to ask my administrative team or teachers. And every now and then I did to satisfy uh, one of my children needs uh, the family to pay this bill, that bill, <clears throat> to the point I got tired. And then um, I started getting these bounced checks and overdraft, overdrawn checks, I'm saying. At the same time, I still have to help my kids and their parents. So something says Walmart, right around the corner, school right around the corner. In terms of its proximity, why not apply? I would have gone to FedEx or the UPS, but the hours were not allowed. And when I saw Walmart have from 10 to seven, I said, man, I might can make that. If I can get off at seven o'clock exactly, I can be to school by 7.45. So I began filling up the application and uh, something said, boy, these folks aren't gonna hire you. They can have your, your experience, Charleston County Council, principal. I said, I'm gonna fill out anyhow. Come to find out, Ms. Murray, I was the first one they hired, ma'am. <laughs> And did your 
the fact that you were an elected official at a high school principal, did that come up during the course of the interview? Um, no, ma'am, the HR person did not ask that question, and I did not volunteer any other information because I did not want to get out that I was working and whatnot, and because I know that I would have some friends who are dear and intimate to me, said, well, Darby, you don't need to do that. You're gonna work too hard. And I really didn't want to hear that because I'm out here to help my kids and their families. So, but the very first night, Miss Murray, first night, ma'am, one of my students saw me at Walmart and yelled Mr. Darby, you working for Walmart? <laughs> Done. It's out. It's out, that's it. <laughs> And it went viral. Yes, I mean, I can't think of another story where one person's actions, selfless actions, have had that kind of impact on the world. Yes, ma'am. Um, it almost did not come into existence because after the Post and Courier had posted the story, I was saying, that's it. That's enough. And my inner circle term, my staff was saying, you need to do it, you need to do it. I said, no, I, I just want to work. And, and someone said, I forget who it was, Mr. Darby, it's not about you, it's about helping these students. And when that was said, I said, let it come on. And from there, it just went on, ma'am. There's no way in the world I could have fathomed this. That just wasn't part of the script, ma'am. The, the script was work at Walmart, get the check, give the school, and move on. This is Henry Darby. Walmart surprised Mr. Darby with a check for $50,000 live on the Today Show. The dollars are coming into the school and collectively uh, we have about, about $300,000 and these dollars will be going towards the scholarships and... Um, now is there a foundation of some kind that's going to be established to help students yes, in the future? Uh, we have something called uh, Cougar Spirit Incorporated. Um, for students who are in need from the day-to-day -day items, we have parents who need their rent, mortgage, utility bills paid. They need food in terms of groceries. Uh, one of the things that we are going to do, um, if we're going to pay your bills, we're going to ask, ask that you take a financial uh, literacy um, course for 30 minutes to an hour. That's all that we're going to require to help you get out of this rut. We have professional persons who are coming in to help you deal with your finances so that this would not happen. And the final analysis, we're going to make a collective uh, decision to do what is best, particularly in the interest of the child. Well, Ms. Murray, before you, um, you conclude, ma'am, just let me honestly say that I, I know folk give, uh, give me credit, ma'am, but I, I, I like to use as a phrase that this is not a play with one actor by the name of Henry Darby, but this is a drama with many, many actors and each playing his or her part exceedingly well. So it's not just Henry Darby. I mean, my teachers, my administrative team, my executive director, uh, I mean the superintendent, um, Dr. Postlewaite, Reverend Magnus Darby from the school board. I mean, this is a collective group um, making this change here at North Charleston High School. Um, but no, ma'am, I, I couldn't accept uh, all the accolades as if they were Henry Darby's because that's not the case. And if you look at Walmart, my working there, just imagine if it weren't for Dr. Postlewaite to give me this position here at North Charleston High School, 
I would not have seen the need. And if I had not seen the need, I would not have needed to have gone to uh, Walmart. Now that's not in what we call an Aristotelian syllogism, but that is a truth nonetheless. So if credit is to be given, Dr. Postlewood has to share, Reverend Mack, Mr. Arvin, the school board, my executive director, these kids, faculty members, stakeholders, that's who the credit belongs to me. All right, well, on this occasion, the credit goes to you. So <laughs> we thank you for all you have done yes, in this community and beyond. I think our world is a little bit better because of your passion for churn. Thank Henry you, Darby, the pleasure is mine. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, ma'am. And thank, thank you. you so much for listening to this edition of Let's Talk. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Carolyn Murray. Let's Talk is produced by David Dixon. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe, write a review, and tell your friends about it. Thanks again for listening. Goodbye until the next time.